Hey there, Jilted Indian Podcast listeners. It's Pooja, Miranda, and Anju. And we're here with another episode that we're bringing to you with love and courage. What did we do this week, Miranda? What did we not do this week? Uh, we didn't sell the country out over a party. We didn't do that. No, no, we didn't. We didn't. But no. what we did do <laughs> is we presented live and recorded our podcast live from LeakyCon. Leaky what is LeakyCon, Pooja? LeakyCon is one of many, but probably the best because we participated <laughs> A Harry Potter fan convention that's put on once a year. In the past couple of years, it's been twice a year by an esteemed panel of people our age and our peers and just fans of the thing. So it's a fan convention. What did we present, Anju? We presented, well, I don't know if you guys remember, but from one of our early episodes, we did a, a little rant about the Yule Ball and part of the Entitlement uh, gowns. And we got to expand that into a full one hour presentation. <laughs> It was the forum of our dreams, as I say in the presentation you'll hear. But I got to say, when we had applied for LeakyCon at first, or when we were thinking about it, when it was a twinkle in our minds, we did two submissions, actually. Pooja did a submission for Dallas. I did a submission for Dallas and Boston, but it was slightly different. Mine was like, we're going to celebrate cultures and we're going we're gonna to do European fashion reimagined. We're going to do Eastern Asian fashion reimagined, South Asian fashion reimagined. It'll be a celebration of cultures through reimagining the Yule Ball gowns. And Pooja was like, what the fuck is this shit? How can... With this is bullshit. We would like to talk about this, basically. Let me read you what ended up in the program for our illustrious, and we'll go down in history by at least one person, the best panel of the 2019 <laughs> LeakyCon. <laughs> Imagine being a member of the South Asian diaspora, waiting to see a piece of your culture on screen in the Harry Potter universe. Padma and Parvati Patil's Yule Ball gowns. Now imagine watching Goblet of Fire and realizing the twins were dressed in the equivalent of a Jersey maxi dress to a fancy dress ball. Were those colors even what was in the book? No! The hosts of the Jilted Indian podcast, that's us, discuss why the Patil twins' Yule Ball gowns were an insult to the characters and a missed opportunity for representation, then walk through examples of muggle Indian fashion fit for the modern witch. So I had an axe to grind and an agenda to present. <laughs> I was afraid of not getting accepted. And this, is, this should be a lesson to you all. Be fucking bold and brave. That's all. Yeah, we come in love and courage, but we also speak truth to power. So, And be your damn self. Yes. My yeah. goodness. So kudos to you, Pooja. You're the one who... Uh, put in the one that we wanted to do to be truthful like we did end up getting accepted to Boston for the artist rendering version but the three of us couldn't make it there all at the same time and we ended up like doing it big in Dallas anyway so um, it really really worked out just perfectly for all of us you're going to hear some sections kind of move from one to the next. That's because we have a lot of visual elements in our presentation. So if you want to see what it is that we showed our audience, please do check JiltedIndianPod.com for the show notes. We're going to include the slides and the visuals from our presentation in there. So without further ado, here we are presenting a reimagination of the Yule Ball Gowns. 
at LeakyCon 2019. Welcome. Thank you all for being sick of Tom Felton this weekend enough to, <laughs> to join us in this room today. Um, if you read anything on the program, you can see that today what we are, you know, what we want to talk about is the reimagination of the Yule Ball gowns. We are the Jilted Indian Podcast, and um, I think we're, we're just going to introduce ourselves in standard leaky con fashion. My name is Pooja. I am a slither puff, and the reason for that is what I was a self-professed Ravenclaw. I took the sorting, saw it was Hufflepuff, said that is not right, used a different email address, and it came out to Slytherin. Slither, puff, effort, and ambition. <laughs> We're all of South Asian heritage. My people are from the West Indies. Um, what that means is that after the British abolished the slave trade, Indian people were brought over to, as indentured servants to the colonies. So that's how my people end up in the West Indies, and um, in the 80s, we moved to America. Anju. Hi, um, I'm Anju. I am a Hufflepuff, which I have made peace with, even though I believed I was a Ravenclaw for a really long time. I realized I probably would have flunked out of Ravenclaw because I didn't actually study much in school. My diaspora is that I am a second-generation Indian, which means my parents immigrated here in the 60s and 70s, and I was born, so that's how that works. I'm so glad you were born. <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is Miranda. I am a Slytherin. What up, Slytherins in the house? Yes. Uh, I also took that quiz twice. Show of hands. How many of y'all took that quiz twice? Just like, I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, okay, awesome. Thank you. I thought I was a Gryffindor. But you know what? I've made my peace with being in Slytherin, and I'm actually proud of it. So uh, my diaspora is just like Anju's. I am a South Asian Indian. My parents moved here in the 70s, and I'm second generation American. Thank you all for being here. And uh, as it said in the program, if you read that write-up, uh, we have some bones to pick <laughs> with how the Patil twins were dressed at the Yule Ball. And so for the culture, we are here today. <laughs> we are here today for the culture to present an imagination of those outfits and in order to do that, we're going to present, you know, just a little brief synopsis as to why the Patil twins are so important. Yes. And we want to make sure that um, though we are about to drag this for an hour, <laughs> we want the outcome it, of it to be, you know, when you undoubtedly are going to reread these books, we are giving you something for your imagination, something that at least in your minds, the, the jury's still out on the illustrated version of the Goblet of Fire, but something for your imaginations to see our culture and maybe imagine differently. That's all we wanted to bring in. We originally talked about this on our podcast as part of an episode entitled AAI, which means Ask an Indian. The Jilted Indian Podcast is a forum for us to be able to share what it's like being South Asian American women in America today. And that episode uh, was basically on representation of Indians in television and film. And pretty much the reason why I wanted this podcast to get going. So uh, I think it was one of the first things we decided to talk about in our podcast season one. Uh, we only spent 10 minutes on the topic, but now we have an hour. So this is the forum of our dreams. <laughs> so why 
Patil twins. Well, we are South Asian, and they were very obviously South Asian in the book. So when I first read the, you know, the books, being of the West Indian diaspora, when we finally find out her name is Parvati in the West Indies, that is pronounced Parvati. So whenever I heard it, it was just in my head, I made it my own. So that, and then, you know, to me, Parvati is a different representation of standard issue teenage femininity. She is boy crazy. Well, She's not as thirsty as Ramelda, but, you know, she is there. <laughs> she is, you know, she, she giggles, she gossips, she cares about her appearance. Uh, she is vain and proud of it, essentially. So to me, she's that femininity. What about you? Well, uh, why the Patils are important to me is, and this, this is about the early 2000s. I'm opening this book, The Goblet of Fire, and I see the name Patil, and I had to do a double take. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, is this an, no way. Is there an Indian character in here? Like, do I get to imagine somebody who looks like me? That's, that was unheard of for me. Like, I didn't go actively seeking uh, brown authors. I, this was in the mainstream. It just wasn't happening. So the idea that I could see the name Patil, normally I see it as Patel uh, in Gujarat. And uh, Anju, you actually brought up why the spelling is different. Right, so we all assumed it was like an alternate spelling because Indian people are not super careful about the way they translate their names into English. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) P-A-T-E-L is how we're used to seeing it. Um, But So this is where I explain that we call ourselves the Jilted Indians because we are bad at being Indians. Yes, (laughs) we are. Bad Indians. Um, so we assumed that they were Gujarati. It turns out that P-A-T-I-L is actually a common spelling in a whole different state in India, Maharashtra, which is where the twins are probably actually from. <laughs> and that's super, oh, see, this is just nuts. Now we're getting a little bit more nuanced with the culture because there wasn't much representation in film at the time. All we had was bend it like Beckham. Shout out to Parmender Nagra, wherever you are. Yes, <laughs> yes, honey. Um, she was incredible, but that was it. That was it. Well, I mean, just two weeks ago, uh, Cal Penn and John Cho celebrated the 15-year anniversary of of Welcome... What is it? Harold and Kumar. Kumar. I almost said Welcome to White Castle, but that's not it. (laughs) That's not it. But you knew what I was going. So, like, Bend It Like Beckham is is British, and we didn't have our quintessential Indian-American thing until, you know... Welcome to White Castle. So, <laughs> so Pooja, who are we looking at here on the screen? We're looking at the wonderful Afshan Azad and Shafali Chowdhury, who are the second iteration of the Patil twins in the movie. The first set, we had um, Sitara Shah playing Parvati in Prison of Azkaban, and we had girl number two, um, Sharon Santu, who you had to go to IMDb to find out that was meant to be Padma. So, again, you know, translating the twins to film... Not even in the credits, man. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so throughout the books, we have about 39 to 40 appearances of the Patil twins out of, you know, 4,000 plus pages. And so 
big takeaways for the twins. They are actually part of the original 40. They were Madri and Mati Patel. And I, we don't know why they're both named after Padma Lakshmi. So um, <laughs> Padma and Parvati. We assume. We assume. So big character things. You learn very little about Padma. You learn she gets hit by a stunning spell by Neville on accident during a DA meeting. You learn she's probably the number two girl behind Hermione in their year because she is the Ravenclaw prefect. You learn that you know her and, pa- and Parvati are among the first five people to walk into the hogshead that day and walk into the DA meeting. So they're both very brave. I love that you mentioned they're like the first because when danger is on the horizon, I noticed that minorities, disenfranchised groups, marginalized groups, were the first people to see the writing on the wall. And I don't know how deliberate that was when J.K. Rowling was writing that, but I thought, wow, that's accurate. That's accurate. And that's a theme that comes up later, we'll see, with the Patil parents. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Right. So they're very brave. They're, you know, they're beautiful. Dean Thomas says they're the most beautiful girls in the year. Um, So we know that they're it. So when we look at their appearances in the book and the movie, in The Sorcerer's Stone, the very first time we see Patil and Patil is the sorting. You don't know their first names. You don't know what houses they're in. You know Patil and Patil went before Pansy, went before Harry. Okay, it's not until chapter seven that you hear the name. Sorry, you hear chapter nine. You hear the name Parvati. She's the first person to stand up, you know, for Neville against Draco. That whole remember all fiasco, and then she's the first person to tell Professor McGonagall that wasn't Harry's fault. That was Drake Tom Felton's fault. That was his (laughs) fault. Okay. And then you also hear, you know, she's the one gossiping to Lavender. Hermione's crying in the bathroom. In the movie. (laughs) <laughs> for Sorcerer's Stone, you get one Mr. Neville Longbottom whispering the name Parvati Patel, <laughs> saying, she's te- she said Hermione's crying in the bathroom. So you don't yeah. even see them. Right. Moving on to Chamber of Secrets, there's just one interaction. She's interrogating Professor Binns along with the rest of the class. And then we go to Prisoner of Azkaban, and that's where you find out more that Parvati is very superstitious. She's into divination. She's in the Professor Chelani Forever fan club, you know. And then the most significant change between Parvati in the books and Parvati in the movie. This one, this one makes me angry to think about because in, when they're facing the Bogart, she sees a mummy, right? She's a mummy, ridiculous. It starts to unravel. In the movie... She charms a king cobra snake, which, if you know anything about the representation of Indians in Western media, it's the snake charmer motif, right? So you have that in the 21st century. You have that that originated at the dawn of film, right? So I think I mean, somebody did not ask an Indian. Somebody, I mean, <laughs> Alfonso Caron, let's talk. <laughs> right, so, okay, so let's move on to year four, um, more appearances of the Patil twins. We see the first mention of Padma by name is not until book four, also true about movie four, and then you have the new casting of the new characters, the new actresses in in those roles. So you see, you know, Parvati, they mention Padma to foreshadow Sirius and Regulus's connection. In the movie, the Patil twins are in the same house, right? So in the movie, you erase the character of Lavender Brown in service of another set of identical twins in the Gryffindor house, right? Yeah. So instead of, you know, maybe giving Padma different backstories of Ravenclaw, we have her high-harrying, high-harrying, high-harry. In, in a unison. shining kind of way. Yeah, in a shining kind yeah. of way, a little creepy. right? <laughs> a little creepy. 
So, and it's also another slight erasure between the movie and the book. You remember Mad-Eye Moody, how we find out his eye can see through solid matter as he's telling Lavender, put that horoscope away as she's showing it to Parvati. In, bo- in movie four, it's a whole thing with Seamus Finnegan and something else and, you know, just to show the special effects of magic. So, again, could have, but didn't, right? Mm. Right, so moving on to year five in Order of the Phoenix, we see... About, you get a little hint about how powerful and dedicated student Parvati is, right? So we see that um, she is the first person in the, the Defense Against Dark Arts who is like, we are not using practical magic until the exam? Excuse me. Do you know what an Indian B is? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? It's, it, more it's, a, it's the Asian F. Yes. Is what, yes. A, an 89. Yes, yeah. yes. So, you know, you got... Padma probably was also freaking out. So, you know, you have that. And then when the DA does form, we mentioned they were the first couple people to be there. When the DA is formed, you see um, Harry's thinking back to how powerful Parvati is. And she reduced the table to dust, that table holding all their member alls. That's what he's thinking about when he's writing, I shall not tell lies in detention, right? However... In the movie, Ginny's the one who's reducing the crash test Voldemort dummy to dust. And in the movie, you also have the Patil twins going, <gasps> Yes, they were kind of like surprised. That, right? They were surprised right. and impressed. Yes, they were impressed. And so I forgot to mention up front about the Patil twins, how they got it wrong, for they're not even identical. Like, <laughs> <laughs> neither the first two actresses or the second set were identical. So, okay, Harry didn't have green eyes. Patil twins aren't identical. We got it. Um, <laughs> but in, in the, also in the fifth book, we see she's a serious student. She's practicing her charms. She's memorizing She's doing stuff at breakfast. She's the first person to divert everybody's attention on that astronomy exam by saying, look at what's happening over there at Hagrid. She's, you know, equally surprised and alarmed at what's happening at Professor McGonagall, which I think, Miranda, you mentioned it shows that she's, you know, she has a a certain esteem for teachers. She respects teachers a lot. Mm -hmm. And she's also at the same time not afraid to call out teachers. Wow, it's hard to not cuss because we cuss all the time in our podcast. (laughs) She calls out teachers for not helping her education that's a little slithering of her, got to say. But, like, she's like, this is not right. I want to be educated correctly. Right, right. Because what, what if there's no graduate school after Hogwarts, right? This is it. That's right. <laughs> that we know of. All right, so Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hollows. There's a total of six appearances of the twins there. And the most significant thing is that we learn this is where Mom and Papa Patil are like, my kids are in danger. In the first instance, we are pulling them out of school, right? So you learn that Parvati, when, you know, Ron and Parvati had that awkward moment watching their friends suck each other's face, um, you know, they, she was like, she said, Harry was like, I heard you were going to leave school. And she's like, no, I managed to convince my parents to stay. So again, you see her standing up for her education and probably for the, you know, the boys. And so, (laughs) (laughs) and her best friend, Lavender. Um, But then the second Dumbledore dies, as soon as they put his body to rest, the Patil parents were like, let's go, right? Yes. And so then in book seven, 
Deathly Hallows, you see they must be purebloods because they're allowed back at Hogwarts for year seven, right? And then you see the last time you see Parvati, she and Dean, the boy who thinks she's very beautiful, are dueling Travers and Dalahov, and that's it. They're not among the fallen 50s, so we can assume that they survived the Battle of Hogwarts after that. Yes, the only acceptable exit would have been Parvati and Dean together. Like, so they, they did us right there. We yes, like, we I'd like settle Dean for a Thomas. sitcom version of that. Uh, we like him a lot. So, main event. <laughs> so All we're right. in the Yule Ball. Our, our Indian girls got dates. They got dates. But, okay, let's set this. Here's another thing that kind of boggles the mind. You're telling me that they're the most beautiful girls in the year, and they did not have dates until the last minute. So in the context of being Indian, that's, they got strict parents. That's what that <laughs> means, right? We will know if you go out with any boy on this campus. Yes. Um, so that's that. So we know that scene in the movie and the book, you know, and, and ironically, the only scene that translated from book to movie accurately is Padma giving Ron the side eye. You going, we going to do nothing, something? That's the yeah. only thing that was 100% translated. So, I mean, I feel a certain kind of way if you're telling me they're so pretty and, you know, but they don't have dates. Were they, in my head, are they going there to play that room? Like, that's, that's what I'm going to say. I mean, right? I, when I was a kid, I was very vocal about how strict my parents were. So I told everybody, I can't date, I can't date. And who, what's to say they weren't going around telling people, yeah, my mother and father is not letting me uh, date anyone until I'm an adult. Well, I mean, I did the same thing too, but if anybody saw me at the ball last night, you know I, I can drop it like it's lukewarm. Turn, turn up, so. yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> that was so, a good time. You know, so they could have been rebelling. We don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, but, they did eventually go with somebody, so they must have been rebelling. Yes, yes. The we champion could, and yeah. Ron. Uh, <laughs> we could go on about this one moment for a very long time yes, and hash but, it out, but we're going to get to the Yule Ball. So we're finally here. We're finally here. We're finally, from the moment we read Patil Patil in Chapter 7 of Sorcerer's Stone, and we found out in Book 4 dress robes were needed, the moment is here. Yes. So in canon, in Goblet of Fire, it is described that Parvati is wearing robes of, Parvati is wearing robes <laughs> of shocking pink and pot with a gold gold threaded through her plait and bangles. And then we hear Padma is wearing, we can assume bangles and something's going on with her hair, but, you know, bright turquoise. However, translated from the book to the movie. We, it's another thing. But, you know, we're, we're reading the book and we're watching a movie and, you know, it's a great moment for us. We get to see the characters that we imagined looking like us. One of them is date, like the date of the chosen one. So, yes. like... Yeah, you so go, girl, first of all. What's um, the embroidery on the palu? Right. right? So, what's... like, we don't... It, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily described that it was Indian clothing. Um, I, when I went to dances, I didn't wear Indian clothing. Um, it was a typical American gown that you get from the shop. But those colors will do. They would look great on brown skin. So, um, if it was Indian clothes, let's talk about what the Indian clothes would look like had we known. So for one, there is the Indian sari. What's a sari? Sari is probably the thing everybody in this room knows if you don't know anything. It's the three-piece 
thing. It's a blouse piece, it's a petticoat, and it's either six yards of fabric, or because the Patil twins are from Maharashtra. Maharashtra, it may be nine yards of fabric. And so it's tied around you, it's draped elegantly at the waist and then across your body. There's pins, there's, there's a lot going on. So quintessential sari. And saris take a lot of pre-planning. you got to get that tailored to your body. I have many memories of going to a shop reluctantly to have somebody strangle me with a measuring tape. They really do get the measurements right. Don't forget the body shame. That's uh, the body shame. <laughs> That's there when you're at an Indian tailor as well. <laughs> Squeezing the fat. Blessings on us all. You put ghee in your chai. What did you want yeah. from me? <laughs> Let me live. So uh, next up, we have what, Anju? The choli. It's also called a lenga, I believe, Correct. right? yes. So tell us about the lenga. Um, the lenga is kind of a longer blouse, similar to the sari, but longer with a lot of beadwork and embroidery, and then a long skirt. Generally pretty, pretty dressy, pretty it's fancy. A, it's a deconstructed sari without the six yards. Right, and right. it also has the dupata or shawl that goes around the shoulder. So it does look similar to a sari. You can drape it similarly. Yes. And it can be just as dazzling as a sari looks, as you can see on the display. With less danger of things like unpinning and falling apart. <laughs> that is true. What about the uh, anarchali? Right. So the anarchali is more modern. It's like a ball gown. It's like a dress. It's very Western in cut and design. Fabric will be very Indian. Design will be, you know, the embellishments will be very what we call daisy, like in our culture, right? And then there's the, the, the less um, formal ones, which are the shalwar kameez, which is a tunic top and pants. And there's a dupatta. Those can be fancy. Those can be casual. Right. Yes. Um, before we leave this topic... We also need to talk about jewelry. What does Indian jewelry look like at a formal event, at a wedding, at anything where we really show out? It's everywhere. Jewelry is everywhere. And I believe we will be grilled if we don't have all the jewelry everywhere in the right place. I have godmothers I avoid. I have a godmother that I avoid for this reason. Um, And a lot of gold, typically, and just colors everywhere. There's also the bindi... Uh, in addition, that you often see. Which is? It's like a decorated, uh, it's a sticker typically, but there's sometimes it has different colors on it, artistry on it, there's beading on it, there's jewels on it sometimes. Sometimes it's painted, um, and that's just typical of Indian fashion. So we just wanted to give you this run-through, so maybe you can imagine our disappointment when we showed up to the Yule Ball and saw this. That, that. It's upsetting. Like, it's upsetting. <laughs> We've rehearsed this a lot, and it hurts every time yeah. I look at this slide. I've got to tell you, we have rehearsed this a lot, and every time this comes up, there is, like, an audible gasp across <laughs> all three of us. It's like a wound <laughs> that won't heal. It hurts. Is what it is. It hurts. <laughs> so what is this, Anju? What, what, what particular problem do you have with this outfit? I have a lot of problems with it. Um, first of all, it looks like they just bought two very boring lengas and then, like, swapped the tops. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, I guess. Efficient. We do that with socks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, what other issues do you have? Um, I also have an issue with the... There's just a lack of ornamentation all around. The earrings look great. The earrings are awesome. But there's, like, no necklace. 
I thought that there was no bindi, but it turns out that there is one. It's just very small and gold and blends in with their skin tone, which kind of defeats the purpose, like you're supposed to see it. It's a decorated zit. If Gwen Stefani taught us nothing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we, had to, we, we did. We had to get a high-res image and zoom in on right. it. <laughs> We, we really only did. realized it when we were looking at the Funko of, of the Patil twins. We're like, what is this gold paint on their forehead? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and even the bangles, it's like they got to share one pack of bangles. Like, they don't even have one, like a set for each wrist. Which is, You're not I mean, supposed to lift these hands. <laughs> no. I mean, look, I do that because I wear a, a brace, I mean, a watch on one wrist, but even still, you're supposed to have. You're supposed to get it caught yeah. up in your clothes and your mother looks at you yes. when you're like dead, right? Yes. So It damages your clothes. Yes. You have so much jewelry on. <laughs> and so, and like, what else do you So I think part of the reason for the, the lack of ornamentation is kind of a Western culture thing versus an in, like an Eastern Indian culture thing. In the West, we tend to do, like, statement jewelry. Like, you pick a thing, your earrings, your necklace, and then everything else is supposed to be subtle and toned down so it doesn't detract. That is not the Indian way. Like, we, everything is statement jewelry in India. What if it's, like, a superhero thing? You know, like, the Wonder Twins had rings. What if the Patil Twins had these bangles? And they were power bangles. Right? That's, the, that's one narrative yeah. that would work yeah. for me, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. But even then, <laughs> my problem is this is what clothes look like after 20 washes, and the color has run out. The color has run out on these clothes, and this is something my mother would put on me on a sweaty day in India when I have to meet 20 relatives, eat biscuits, and drink tea. People I don't know, and they ask me things in Malayalam, and I don't know what to say back to them because I'm a jilted Indian who doesn't know things. Um, So this is not something that, again, we do advanced planning for formal events. This is a side item that my mom would throw on me, and and say, okay, just wear that, and we can go. Or it would be a reduce-and-use situation, and she would be dusting the mantle with it eventually because Indians are great at recycling. It's been a way of life for us. And she'd be dusting the mantle with this. This is not uh, something you'd put to a formal, wear to a formal thing. Also, um, if you look at uh, Parvati's left hip, you'll notice a knot. (laughs) A triple knot? A quadruple knot? A triple knot? knot? Way to go, whoever did that. I don't know. Was she on the Durmstrang boat right before? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Were they eating before? Is Maybe that a they're... sailor's knot? I What's don't know. <laughs> we could go on about the knot. But here's the thing. Like, that is not how we would put up a du- uh, dubata. Well, That's I mean, not you, how we tie a shawl. You would if you were going to be cooking or washing dishes. That It's the way you tie when you're doing house chores. They tied the dubata on the Patil twins in a way that you would do house chores. That's offensive to me. And on top of that, like every time you've worn a shawl, uh, ladies, I've drawn blood. What about you? Like we put so many safety pins on to make sure that the shawl is done beautifully and stays that way forever. So the aunties don't come adjusted. So that they don't come for us, right? (laughs) Also because you want people to see it. I don't know if you can tell in the picture, but it's folded about as thin as it possibly can be. Yes. So you can't see anything. So um, They are the Yule Ball Safety Patrol. Yeah, I'm not okay. They are the Safety (laughs) Patrol. That is true. They're they're Girl Scouts. Where are their badges? Like, this is not right. Yeah. Um, And the hair. Like, how dare you? Like, how dare you? I, I get, the, I get the, the, the middle split. And, you know, if it was long hair, our friends who had long hair, we have several friends whose parents have forced them to keep their hair long. I they're was one enro- of them. You, 
They enroll their girls in uh, Bharatanatyam, which is Indian classical dance, and the way that Indian classical dancers have their hair, it's a long braid decorated with jasmines and jewels, and it's gorgeous if you uh, want to watch Indian classical dance, I suggest you do. It's, it's gorgeous. The music's amazing. And they keep that hair long so that they don't have to use fake hair and risk the hair falling out in the performance, things like that. But we're talking Beyonce-level braids, like, on, on these Indian dancers. It's very decorated. I can or, get it if that's what happened, but this is a ball. Or they were like my dad and just, like, didn't let them... Like, their parents were like my dad and wouldn't let them cut their hair until they yeah. were 16. <laughs> but... Um, this is a magical world, y'all. Like Accio Flatiron. <laughs> Wingardium Curliosa. Wingardium Curliosa? Curliosa. It's Curliosa. I worked on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I Levy just... leave in conditioner. I don't know. <laughs> just something. That hair ain't right. We Pudra. know sleek easies exist, okay? <laughs> Uh, my problem with this, it's such a missed opportunity. First of all, we've me- you've mentioned the colors are just atrocious. They, to me, you know, like I said, I had anticipations of something wizarding, right? Like, mm-hmm. in my head, there was going to be a medieval sari showcased, right? That's what I wanted. And I think when I say missed opportunity, we live in a wizarding world. And if you know anything about Indian fashion, especially the dupatta or the palu, right? You could have done some kind of wonderful animation with the, the embroidery that's on there. Like, you could have told the history of, of Indian magic in England on a palu if you took the time to animate it, right? So it's such a missed opportunity to see this, like, machine-embroidered outfit that you're sticking the Batil twins in to go to a ball that has not been held in 200 years. If you know anything about Indian aunties, they are extra, Okay. Extra. This is basic. <laughs> you know, and, and while everybody in the Harry Potter universe is dressed in fashion modern to the time when the movie was filmed, this actually is costume specific to 1996 when the ball would have been held. 1995 when the ball would have been held. This is what a young 14-year-old would have worn 25 years ago. And, and right? after 20 washes. After 20 washes, because their parents hate them. Um, <laughs> the most you can say about this outfit is that the purpose of it, in terms of the movie, is that, like casting those, the, the two sets of actresses, you're overtly signaling, these two people are the Patil twins, right? Here they are in the most basic of Indian fashions. That's how you know that's the Patil twin and not girl number two, mm. right? Well... I know we're dragging, we dragged this for a while, but I feel better. Do you feel better? I do. And we're almost... I can go more. This is only halfway, <laughs> we're only halfway here. But um, don't take it from us. We're not the only people who are upset. This is Afshan Azad. Obviously, you all know her. She played Padma Patil. She went on a Q&A earlier this year, and very well-timed right after we got our acceptance. Um, <laughs> Perfect, and, and I wanted you to keep in mind, you remember she was talking about in the students, for those of you who saw the Hogwarts students yesterday, she talked about how much she loved the set. She loved the set. In this Q&A right before this moment that we're about to play for you, she talked about how the Yule Ball was her absolute favorite scene. She had the most lines that she ever speaks in the entire series in it. They got to have so much fun. Everyone was dressed well. Almost everyone was well-dressed. <laughs> And this is what she had to say in her Q&A. 
We want a Padma and Pavati Yule Ball get up done justice. The movie costumes were really underwhelming. What did you think of them? Oh, I got asked this question a lot about our Yule Ball costumes. Guys, I had absolutely no say in it. You know me, if I did, the lengas and the saris that I would have worn would <laughs> not have looked like that. I always still say that I feel like I look like a fruit pastel. Um, the colours. But you know, you get given them. Harry Potter had one of the biggest budget, kind of costume budget departments in the world. And they chose them costumes for us. I mean... I personally did not like them whatsoever. It's done now. It's iconic, as I call it. Iconic. Iconic, as iconic. I call it. We and don't even want to reclaim this. Like, no. there's no... You know, when we get justice for Patil Twins, it's not we're going to reclaim this Pepto-Bismol tangerine atrocity, right? No. <laughs> I, iconic. It's too late now. First of all, her makeup is perfect for side-eye in this video. I don't know if any makeup fans are out there, but oh my goodness. And this is nuts because she's at the same time she's holding... Uh, what, this is her first time in the film, right? She's got a job. What is she going to do? Trash the costumes on her first job in this multi-million dollar, you know, right. franchise? She's, she's they already, already replaced the actresses yeah, once. Like, they so already it, fired the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't want to be... They, they replaced the Patils because apparently we're replaceable. And... You know, she's not going to trash it, but can you imagine getting this, having all these lines, being so excited, seeing the scenery and getting this? So it's just nutty to me. It wasn't even tailored. No, no Indian auntie did a check on this moment. It's clear. Um, and they looked far too comfortable. <laughs> but um, if you were wondering the saris and the lengas I would have worn, wouldn't have looked like that. They would have looked like this, though. Yes, it's breathtaking. Afshan Azad's fashion game is clutch. She's LeBron. She's Michael Jordan. She knows what she's doing with Indian fashion. She is the Serena Williams. She is the Serena Williams <laughs> of fashion. That is true. And this is what she had in mind. And look at the palus. You can see the beadwork and the embroidery. You know, I don't think we described what the pa palu is. It's, she, it, yeah. it's when you drape a sari, the overflow that goes on the back. And usually there's extra designs on it, you know. Yes, and you can see that in the uh, display here. This is the Indian they could have asked. <laughs> right there on the set. They could I have mean, asked an Indian. But, um, but no, we got this. It hurts again. It hurts again. <laughs> the so wound here, won't heal. Here's the thing, we, and we could go on. I know we don't have five hours to do this. But um, we love Harry Potter, and I loved watching the movies. Goblet of Fire, I freaking loved it. I love the films. Um, and I'm, I'm going to enjoy Harry Potter know what I love Harry Potter everything but um, when you don't have a story you have to make up a story in your head so what was the story you made up in your head when you were doing this for me I thought okay okay maybe the parents didn't trust them with the nice clothes because my parents did not trust me with nice clothes. They, they folded it perfectly so that the beadwork doesn't mess with the beadwork of another dress. It was separated by wax paper or plastic and locked in a cabinet so their mischievous daughter, which is true, can't go in and try on the clothes and have a good time. And 
uh, this was in the 80s and 90s. Instagram exists now. You know I would have messed with that stuff. But they <laughs> locked it away and hid the key. So that makes sense to me. Maybe they didn't trust them with the nice clothes. What about you? I think they wronged their parents somehow. <laughs> <laughs> they got a B. Or the ancestors. Because... <laughs> This ball has not occurred in anybody's lifetime in the Patil house, okay? And knowing what we've just seen about Indian fashion, and Indian fashion has been around since, I don't know, before cloth was woven in the West, I, you know, it's like, it's been around. So, I, to me, to me, they are punished. There's, there's no excuse. <laughs> they did something wrong with that Asian F, came home with an A-, and this was it, you know? <laughs> Uh, my explanation was that they didn't want to have to deal with the interrogation from their parents if they told them they were going to a co-ed ball. So they just decided not to say anything and not ask for permission to get the clothes. So they were trying to get it on their own. Like Miranda pointed out, they're like locked down. So the best they could do were like these five-year-old lingas or whatever that had been put out to be donated. And that's what they got. Either that or they like spent all winter break per- picking out the perfect outfit had packed them, and then like their bratty cousin, who was just tired of hearing about the Yule Ball, just swapped it out. That's plausible. That's plausible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. S- sabotage. This was sabotage? sabotage? Yes. That yes. makes sense. See, when we make that narrative, it's entertaining. This that's is entertaining. That's where the unknown Weasley cousin went to. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it and, right there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, uh, but, but okay, so when you look at Goblet of Fire, the extras, the DVD extras, the making of the Yule Ball, first of all, they don't interview either Patil Twin, <laughs> even though they're in the scene and have speaking parts. Yeah. Um, but they do talk about, the director, Mike Newell, was like, this, the Yule Ball is all about Hermione, right? So you know. And then you see the costume, this mock-up sketch of Hermione's ball gown, and you also see the mock-up of Cho Chang's gown. These did not require mock-ups because they got them used somewhere, right? They were sourced. They were sourced from some Nicholas Nickleby from 1942 staging for the BBC, and they pulled him out, right? So, so to me, again, like, there was no consideration for what the Patil twins... So, but it's so interesting you talk about Hermione because think about... Remember in the book, everybody, Hermione was unrecognizable, she was so resplendent and so gorgeous that she was unrecognizable. And I understand, and y'all understand, if the Indian girls were dressed like Indian girls get dressed, <laughs> there might be less of a disparity in um, the, the moment we're supposed to see Hermione. She is, I mean, it's breathlessness. We're supposed to be taken away. And uh, Ron is like, that's not her, that's not her, that's not her. But, you know, in the book, she was... She, there wasn't too much of a difference, or in the movie, there wasn't too much of a difference between Hermione in class and Hermione formal. Um, I think Hermione could have gotten better. Oh, I definitely better. think that they could have done up magically CGI, take out a dragon tooth, put it toward, CGI dragon tooth, put it toward this budget, <laughs> give Hermione some magic. And I think um, I asked how this is pronounced, so I hope I do it right. Chongsam? Chongsam. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the Chinese garb, I believe, um, Eastern Asian garb that Cho Chang wore, it, those look gorgeous in real life, and I think they did a disservice to her. And I mean, we are, uh, Harry has a crush on her, right? So, so it's, it's Cho and Hermione, I believe, that are supposed to be the ones that take our breath away, but I think they did uh, our girls dirty. They can achieve that. They're dressed in wizarding robes and they be taking people's breath away. This does not make cognitive sense. <laughs> okay? <laughs> well, 
we, again, we are not the only people who are disappointed. Afshan has mentioned her disappointment. The entire subcontinent mentioned their disappointment. <laughs> Let's never forgive the grave injustice of Padma and Parvati's Yule Ball outfits. Just a reminder of the worst thing the British have ever done to <laughs> India. Thank you for laughing. Thank you for laughing. Break a jaw. That was an amazing headline. If you're breathing oxygen and you are aware of world events, uh, the British occupied India in the 19th and 20th centuries. British Raj stole our resources. We still have our diamond, the Koinor in the crown jewels. Uh, we see evidence of that colonialism every day. Um, and so that's how bad these outfits <laughs> are. <laughs> I thought that was pretty brilliant. And because we are doing okay on time, I would like to invite another member of the media, Proma. Yes, no? Are you feeling it? Yay. Proma. Kosla. Entertainment writer from Mashable is here. Long I have questions leaky, for you. Longtime LeakyCon staffer. Yes, panelist this year. Uh, you'll see her everywhere if you're here all day. Uh, Proma, how old were you when you watched The Goblet of Fire? I was 15 years old. Fifteen. See, we were adults when we saw this. Drinking and, age. Yeah, drinking <laughs> age. Well, I was roughly, <laughs> roughly Yule Ball age. Oh, okay. You were Yule Ball age. Okay, so can you describe for us what your formal wear looked like at the time and what it was like watching this, knowing that? Yeah, so I wore a lot of langas at the time. That was actually very fashionable in, like, 2005, 2006. Um, and I did have... They usually were the same color, like, all three pieces, but the work was different. So, like, you see a little bit of, like, sad attempt at embroidery on the Yule Ball ones. Um, but it was usually, like, the top had a little bit, like, on the sleeves, around the border, yes. where the neckline is. Um, and then the top is usually more bare because you cover it, as you said, with this really ornate dupatta. I had one that was, like the edges were like three inches or so of just like pure sparkle, just like jewels and colorful things. And then the actual fabric was mesh and you drape it over and it just became this whole different outfit. And then the skirt part was covered with like lines of like really intricate beading and stuff. And at 14, like I didn't look like, they look way better than I did at 14. We talked about this yesterday. 14, 15 year old me was like full braces, glasses, mustache, all of it. <laughs> Nothing that magic Unibrow. could fix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing that magic could fix for the Yule Ball. I wish I had what they had. <laughs> but the outfits, my outfits were way better than what they got. Yeah, so could you talk to us about your feelings seeing that? Like, what kind of hurt? So I was very, I was excited that they were wearing Indian clothes because as you talk about the book passages, they're not described as wearing something specific to their culture. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is so cool that we get, like, Indian clothes in this movie. And then, like, for the ball at the conventions every year I would wear like my own langas but I also do remember being like oh like that's what they're wearing that's fine <laughs> I see better costumes from like the casual wear in a Bollywood movie like when the heroine is like in her pajamas she's better dressed than this <laughs> it does seem like something that maybe a 14 year old would pick for themselves but we talked about this like my mother wouldn't have let me if I picked that off the rack in an Indian store she'd be like no Brahma that's too tacky <laughs> Yes. We also have, we have this concept of like the work. They talked about like the intricacy of you know the patterns and the embroidery. Like my mom would be like, no, no, the work isn't good. Like this is not good quality stuff. Yes. Okay. So you were fifteen. Can you talk to us about the squad that put your clothes on you? Like I don't know about you, <laughs> but when I had this got trickier as an adult because I have a tattoo that they don't know about yet, or they might now because we're live. Um, <laughs> 
I had put massive amounts on cover-up just then while they're wrapping. I'm like putting my elbow in weird places <laughs> to keep them from looking at it. But yeah. when you were young, how many, what was putting on the clothes like knowing that many people help you and scrutinize how you look seeing that on screen? So it was ma- for me, my squad was mainly my mom always because she's just like superhuman. You guys have probably had this too. We're just like, there's also that one like mom or auntie who can like help everybody. That was my mom. So she would handle it. She would handle the pinning and the placement. Um, and usually I felt like I had it. I was like, no, what if I just like hold it like this or pin it like this? And she was like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was always the question. She was like, no, peep, like people will notice, people will say something, like, Log kya kahenge? like some auntie is going to be like, did you see the promas dupatta? It was very sad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Judgmental. Do you see what's on the line here? Shame that we can't get rid of until we have the right amount of therapy and therapist. I mean, like, you need to understand, like, two really nice Indian outfits will put you over the luggage limit at TSA. <laughs> okay? That's the level of beadwork. We're talking about here. On that some of this. is true. You will work your core wearing a sari at your own wedding. Okay. Um, we do have. I. I promise y'all, we're not going to stay for five hours. But can we give it up for a promo code slide? Okay. I didn't even so do anything. Um, it you did the just, accent. Yes, my God. Okay, so obviously we have a lot of people who are disappointed. Um, as a British Indian, I have serious problem with Padma and Parvati's clothes from the Yule Ball. There are so many prettier outfits. We don't need to tell you more. Um, I'm still bitter. If you look at the dates on these tweets, they're 10 years later. <laughs> People are still hurt. We're still hurt. You saw. You Every saw. time ABC Family showed Goblet of Fire, these <laughs> tweets came out. Okay? So here's the nutty thing. Um, we did another show a season later on Mira Nair who is a quintessential Indian director, we found out that she was asked to do the Goblet of Fire. Mira Nair. I wish you guys could have, like, the silent screaming from both of these guys. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, why didn't anybody ask an Indian? They asked an Indian. They asked the Indian, who is, like, the most famous... Indian director, female Indian director at the time, am I correct? Correct. Yeah, it's her and Gurinda Chadha. Yes. So we found out the reason why Mira Nair did not do Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, this is a good reason. She was filming The Namesake starring Cal Penn, which is an Indian immigrant story. Basically, Cal Penn's character represents, I can say, us in a way, and his relationship to his father, the difference in culture, what parts of your culture you're holding uh, onto or embracing, and what parts of the land you're in, that culture that you're embracing. And we're glad that she made that film because it's a, it's a film about us. Anybody can do the Goblet of Fire, but not everybody can do the namesake justice, and she did, and we're glad that she did this. That's how we swallowed that bitter pill. But <laughs> yes. if, you, if you look at the promo posters for the namesake and look at the wedding scene in that movie, that's how the people should have been dressed. Like. Yes, yes. <laughs> Speaking of how people should have been dressed... Uh, one way to deal with your emotions when you are um, angry is to make art. Uh, so I scoured the internet for a bunch of artist renderings of what the Patil twins should have, could have been wearing at the ball. This is by uh, Canadian artist Animation, And she, this actually went viral uh, when she did this because she was just like any of the rest of us were like, 
they need this needs to be done right. They need justice. Love it. That's another thing about the costumes. You cannot, in good conscience, shade Ron Weasley for his robes wearing that. Yeah, wearing that what is they true. gave them. Right? That is true. Ugh. And the accent colors. That's the other thing we didn't talk about. We don't always do one color things. We don't always do one color things. They did two. We can. We do two sometimes. <laughs> no, many. they didn't. They swapped out tops. They swapped out. Tops. <laughs> That's true. Um, gorgeous. Noted it. <laughs> gorgeous. Now, see, here's the nutty thing. This is the color combination. But do you notice how much more bold it is? The use of color, the decoration, the jewelry. And finally, we'd like to share with you this. <laughs> Animation. We flagged her down. <laughs> And we said, we are presenting at LeakyCon. We're about to drag the costume choice uh, that was put on the Patil Twins in the Goblet of Fire movies. Would you be willing to do another commission for us? And she did. And this is, I got to give Pooja props because she said, have three wands in the background doing an incendio charm, setting (laughs) the lingas and the movie on fire. Please put Parvati and Padma in the right colors. Um, like Indians, we do we do show out, and you know, hey, I'm gonna assume the person who has the ring in the middle is Pooja. That's a nice ring. That's also what I assumed. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. But we wanted to thank we wanted to thank Animation for uh, designing this. We actually met off Shanazad yesterday. Pooja and I did, and we made. I mean, we're wearing them as a shirt. You can see. And we, we gave, gave one, one to Afshan Azad. <laughs> she stopped the meet and greet and was like, let's talk. Yep. Okay, so here's the nutty thing. Like, we saw the line moving very, very, very quickly. Like, I was like, Pooja, should, should we give her the shirt now? Should we wait till the, like, the autograph? Like, what do we do? And um, because we wanted to have this moment so she sees it, I was afraid she would take it. And went, but we walked in and she didn't, she, her eyes went straight to the shirt <laughs> and she was like, <gasps> like, oh my God. And she, and you know, her husband was shooting for her YouTube channel, we assume. Um, she was just like, what is it? Oh my goodness. And she, she said something very surprising. She said, People don't understand how offensive these outfits are. Like, they don't understand how terrible, you know, this was for, for Indian fashion. <laughs> you know, they just don't get it. So it's like the community will uplift. Right? Well, you know, <laughs> the nutty thing is, and, and Pooja, you said this later. She was like, no, honey, the subcontinent knows what happened here. <laughs> and maybe nobody talks to her about it. And maybe nobody says anything to her because she was in the film. Maybe she can't be as outspoken about it. And but at the same time, she loved this scene. She loved this set. She loved, she had so much fun in this moment. It's okay, Afshan. <laughs> we are with you. We got you. Um, we wanted to, I mean, she was so lovely and gracious. And then she goes, no, get my phone, get my phone. <laughs> I want this on my phone. And she put us in her Insta story. <laughs> and so we are ultra flattered. Um, I, I sent animation. she's in Canada, uh, a, a message. And she goes, I'm screaming. Like... <laughs> And she put it in her Insta story, so, and she, she tagged us, and what a lovely person. Yeah. So, um, that couldn't have gone better. Yeah, so again, it just, you know, goes to show that it's a wound that won't heal, okay? 
every time something comes to give justice to the Patilla twins, we are all on board. It is right? also a common thread for all of us. Probably. Yeah, all brown Harry Potter fans will bond we over the Goblet of Fire mm. movie. Right. So, okay. So we talked about the Patilla twins. Yeah, we want to thank you for letting us vent. This yeah. was. We understand this was a lot, but until we're allowed to air out the things that hurt us and the things that it still hurts, uh, even <laughs> though we'd be like, it, it feels good to vent. It feels great to have a platform where we could have done this. And we want to thank LeakyCon and all of the organizers at LeakyCon for giving us this moment. We just want to thank you guys for coming and uh, sharing this with us. And we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, we, we, we totally understand the Patil twins are not. It's not the Patil twins face Voldemort. We get that, right? But it's just, you sig- you got went through the trouble of including them in the original 40 characters mentioned in creating the story. So it was a long time coming to see this. So, I mean, we know that. And as super fans of, well, not her, but us. <laughs> <laughs> Super fans. Um, you know, it's good to interrogate your fandom and see where things could be better because if enough of us, you know, interrogated ask it when they eventually do reboot this and Dan Radcliffe is Dumbledore, um, <laughs> hopefully the Ewell scene goes better, right? Yes, it's not um, the Patil twins and the Goblet of Fire, we get it. But... I think we want to make a call for more diversity behind the camera. It's very important that when you do representation, you have a, a QA, <laughs> something. Um, just have more people behind the film who have a different perspective and different stories and get them into the story writing, get them into the production of the film. Um, again, we want you to keep this in mind for your own imagination, and we are waiting for that illustrated copy. We want to see a representation solution. Um, thank you all so much for being here. You're amazing thank for you. being here. You're the best audience. And we we do f- have one more point of business. Two, like three days ago, three days ago, it was her birthday. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we got you a present. <laughs> we, yes. You made me do public speaking for my birthday? Yes. yes, we made her do public speaking. We dragged you out here. But we and wanted you to did know. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, thank you all so much. We hope you enjoy the rest of LeakyCon. And, and have- spread the word and need for justice for the Pitsil twins. <laughs> Activism starts with everybody in this room. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell a friend. <laughs> we have to get out so the next session can be here, but thank you so much again. You all are amazing. Come find us at Jilted Indian Pod on everything. And JiltedIndianPod.com. Thanks. <laughs>